What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Speaking of Missing Persons, and welcome to the new listeners. Before we get started on today's episode, I'm going to shamelessly plug our other show, Unsolved Mayhem. Make sure you go check it out. It's all kinds of unsolved true crime, and uh, if you like this show, you'll probably like that show, so make sure you go and check that out. And non-true crime. What? You said it's all kinds of unsolved true crime and non-true crime. Oh, well, yeah. I guess there is some unsolved mysteries on there that aren't true crime that we cover. Maybe some cryptids, stuff like that. We'll see. Um, so if you have a case that you want to hear on the show, send that over to speakingofmissingpersons at gmail.com. Uh, that stuff said, Sarah's going to be telling our case. I guess I probably don't need to be saying that anymore no. because you're the only one who tells cases now. Yeah. Um, so all of that stuff said, Sarah, what, uh, what are we, who are we talking about today? Today we're going to talk about a girl named Kieslyn Roberts. She was born on October 22nd, 1999. She's the only child of Eric and Shannon Roberts. And when she was little, they gave her the nickname Butterfly. Okay. She was the center of her parents' universe. The family lived in Dalton, Georgia. Her dad owned a trucking company called Eric Roberts Trucking Company. He still owns it. They described her as a good kid with a big heart that would help anyone in need. But in her late teenage years, Kieslin got mixed up with what her parents called the wrong crowd. Happens to a lot of teenagers. Yes. Same. Yeah, same. With them, she started smoking pot, and then that turned into taking methamphetamines. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, I didn't do all that. I mean, I knew people who did. That's that's quite the jump. Yeah. That's, these, wow. These choices led her to be arrested several times on drug charges. So, Kieslin was scheduled to attend a probation meeting with the Whitfield County Sheriff's Office on January 17th, 2020. She was scheduled to, for a probation meeting because of charges from 2018. Kieslin did not show up on this day, but this was not the day she went missing. She didn't go missing until the next day on the 18th of January. That was the last day she was seen. Officers with the Gordon County Sheriff's Office responded to a 911 call that day at a Flying J truck stop off I-75 in Resca Beach. That's what I'm going with. The report was about a suspicious female that entered the employee-only kitchen area of the Denny's restaurant that was connected to the truck stop. When she was told to leave, she had an altercation with one of the employees. 
Keeslin left before police arrived, dropping her backpack on the way out. That's how they know it was definitely her because inside, well, at least it was somebody who had her backpack. Because inside they found her wallet, debit card, ID, some cash, and a phone charger. Okay. How this is personally, I think, sounding more and more like a walked away situation. Yeah, well, I don't know. Possibly, but I don't I don't think so. Keeslin left before police arrived, so all they had at this point was her backpack. Now, the sheriff's office and media say that a warrant was issued on the 17th for her missing her probation. But her father, Eric, says that that's not true, that it was not issued until the 21st after she had already been missing. Because that's when he got a phone call. He had no idea she was technically missing. Oh, wow. Okay. So Eric received a call from her probation officer on the 21st with them telling him she had not shown up on the 17th, which he said was not like her because she had never missed a probation meeting before. Keeslin's parents said she knew that she needed help and was like at the point where she wanted to change her life. She just didn't know how and they were trying to help her. When Eric could not get a hold of her, he drove to her boyfriend's house where she was living at the time. And he told Eric he had not seen her for a couple days. But as the way it's told is like as he was walking to his car or truck to leave this dude's house, the guy like yelled and was like, oh, but by the way, her car's parked at the Flying J. Haven't seen her, but her car is, you know, parked around back. Eric raced there and found her car parked in the back of the car parking lot. Because, you know, they have big truck parking and car parking. It had been backed into the parking space, which he thought was weird because she never did that. The car was locked, but he could see her purse and keys sitting inside. That's Mm. what makes me like go, "Mm, literally left everything you own, including your car. The only thing that they have not found is her phone. But it just goes straight to voicemail. I mean, if you're trying to walk away from your wife. Yeah, but why wouldn't you take the cash? She didn't even take any of the cash she had on her. Clean break. Yeah, I don't know. You know, just cut everything off. Hop a ride with a trucker. The story gets weirder. Right, especially if you're not thinking clearly. Find some under the table job until you can... Figure out someone at an old folks home who's about to pass and assume their identity as soon as they do. <laughs> that's a lot of work. That's how you disappear, oh, though. I know, that's but a- that's just too much work. So Eric called the Gordon County Police, like, when he found her car there. And I think this is the point where he is being told, like, oh, yeah, she left her backpack here on the 18th. Like, they didn't even tell him until this point. Like, oh, yeah, we came here on the 18th for a disturbance call that she was involved in. We and have didn't her even pay attention to the fact that her car is there and no. the rest of her belongings? No. Okay. And then the Gordon County Police told Eric that he had to call the Murray County Sheriff's Office because that's where she was living at the time. 
So even though she, you know, disappeared here, she's not living here. So go call that police station. Okay. When he finally got a hold of the Murray County Sheriff's Office, they did not seem interested. Some reports say that it took them five days to send a detective to talk to him about his missing daughter. Okay. He reportedly asked this detective if he wanted to search Keeslin's car, but was told there's no need because a crime wasn't committed. How do you know if you don't investigate? Exactly. Someone's missing. Look into this stuff. Find out if there was a crime. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I don't understand. (laughs) I don't either. Because, I mean, it would make sense. All they break into this thing or break into this truck stop, kitchen, whatever, uh, leave all of their shit, and then days later, their car is found at the same truck stop with purse and keys inside, locked. That sounds a lot like some shit happened to me. And not only that, she has a warrant out for her arrest, so why would you not want to try to locate her? Yeah. She was officially reported missing on the 21st when he was told like by her probation officer that she missed her hearing or whatever. At first, Gordon County Sheriff's Office and the Murray County Sheriff's Office were both working at on the case or at least their idea of working on it. Right. But the case was taken over by the Georgia Bureau of Investigations pretty early on, which didn't help anything. Two days before Keeslin went missing, a 21-year-old named Caleb Nathaniel Smith also went missing from the same truck stop. What? But there was no crime. There was no crime. Now, he was found naked in a marshy area in the northwestern part of Gordon County near Sugar Valley. Okay? Deceased? Yes. Oh, shit. His death was not even investigated. They ruled it as an overdose. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. This decision made people, like, question them. A lot, because um, his clothes were never found. First of all, he's naked. No clothes in sight. And to get to this area was very difficult. It was a marsh yeah. in the woods. Okay, so this is, this is an inside job here. And not only that, a lot of reports I read said that his car was found parked Five spaces from where Kieselin's car was found. Dude, this is fucked up. You know some shit happened to her. Yeah. You know some shit. Two people go missing from the same truck stop. Their cars are found at the same truck. Did they search the marsh for Kieselin? Oh, they didn't. Her dad did. Any luck? No. But originally when he asked the person who owned it, like owned the property if he could search it they said yes and then they changed their mind when he was on his way there and he said fuck it and went anyway good i would have done the same thing yeah Yeah. good for him he unfortunately did not find anything he did talk to caleb's family also and 
they don't know they couldn't figure out if they knew each other directly but they did know the same people well i mean same drug circles yeah they were both in the same drug circle her family was very involved in her case with the help of the community, they arranged searches in the wooded area behind the truck stop and in other areas around there that, you know, they thought she could be. They even started petitions to get the Flying J to put up more and better security cameras on the outside because apparently they only had like two. And so that makes sense for a truck stop. Totally. Yeah. Eric also started a GoFundMe page so that he could offer a cash reward for information leading to his daughter with no questions asked. Like, he's pretty much like, I don't give a fuck. If you tell me where I can find my daughter, I'll give you $20,000. Well, dang. The GoFundMe is still up and active, by the way. Investigators do not believe the two cases are related in any way. I don't see how they're I not. I don't see how they're not either. They also won't release any information that they have gathered on either case. Well, I mean, why would they? You know. Okay. I feel like they might be looking for a Dr. No type. You right. know, I mean, he did like flying J's take a little more time than Dr. No going into a marsh to dump a body. But yeah. at the same time, like, I don't know, man, someone who frequents that truck stop. I'd be looking at everyone who's a regular customer there. Yeah. Like I said, Eric's very vocal about Keeslin's case, and he believes that law enforcement has do- has not done jack shit to help find his daughter he claims they did not make an effort to obtain what little video footage the truck stop had they also did not try to get her phone records his feelings are shared by a lot of people on social media who believe her case was not taken seriously because of her criminal background i could see that yeah after a month Eric got a phone call from one of the employees at the Flying J who told him they found some clothes in a bush near the wooded area behind a dumpster. So he immediately went to the Flying J and they were Keeslin's clothes. He went, like, called the police. They came, they bagged her clothes and took them, but told Eric they could not send them in to be tested. Because there was no sign of a crime. Then why bother taking it? I feel like this police department it very much has the attitude like, people go missing. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, and she's, they're just like, oh, she's 20, she's into drugs. Like, she just left. Yeah, it's all easy way out bullshit. He overdosed. She left, walked away. I don't know. Shrug, shrug, shrug. Yeah, pretty much like, leave us alone. (laughs) We have more important things to do. They opened a new donut shop on 3rd Street. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. So, here we are. 
We have a 20-year-old girl who's been missing since January of 2020 with no real help from the police. She's five foot six and weighed 125 pounds at the time of her disappearance. She had blonde hair and blue eyes. So you would think she'd be big media news. Yeah, but I mean, her, she background, her background can't really. Yeah, well, you got that and you also got she's not a little kid. Yeah. You know, if she was like. Oh, I would say probably 16 or under. Because like 17, 18 still isn't viewed the same way. But like 16 or under and she went missing, I think they would have taken it much more seriously even if she did like smoke pot or something. But yeah, I think between the drug use and her age, they're just like, and their laziness and incompetence, they was like, uh, nah, we're, we're good. She, yeah, we don't, you know. She just ain't here. I don't know what to tell it's you. No obvious blood, so we're not going to send the clothes <laughs> to see if there's blood. That's what I mean. It, like that's we're not going to like doesn't make you any know, sense. Check her car for fingerprints to see who backed it into this parking there's spot. There's no clear cut obvious crime, and because that you can tell happened. So, eh, who and cares? With Caleb, it's like, oh well, he does have drugs in his system, so musta overdosed. Don't really know how he got out here in the middle of nowhere, naked, with no clothes in sight. That's what I'm and thinking. Wasn't seen. Even if it was a fucking overdose, how the hell did his body get there, though? Exactly. These people got their head in a hole in the ground. So dumb. So she has a tattoo on her lower right arm of a sea turtle. And she also has her ears gauged, which they describe as being big enough that if she wasn't wearing her earrings, you could see. Okay. If you have any information, you can call the Murray County Sheriff's Office or the Gordon County Sheriff's Office. Just keep trying them until one of them wants to listen. The first phone number is 706-695-4592. Which one is that? That's Murray County. Gordon County is 706-629-1244. And I will tell you, there is one source on the internet that gives out Eric's phone number. I did not want to do it because I don't know if that's something he really truly wants. But if you wanted to skip the whole going through the police department thing, since they seem untrustworthy... You can find his number online and call him directly. Or they have a Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need to search her car. I mean, the keys in her purse are sitting right there. Obviously not a crime. It's locked. Obviously not a crime. She locked herself out of her car. And then stripped stripped naked and disappeared. Yeah. She got naked behind a dumpster and just magically vanished. She's probably a witch. (laughs) Is what they're saying. Yeah, pretty much. So, thank you for joining us, listening to this story. If you know anything, please report it. Uh, Don't forget to check out our other show, Unsolved Mayhem. Don't forget to leave us five stars, subscribe. um, And if you want to support the show, share it with somebody, anybody you know, family, friends, coworkers, whoever. Uh, If you want to go a step beyond that, we do have a Patreon. We're putting out bonus episodes every other week. Um, and we try and throw some extra stuff in there here and there. 
And uh, you also get a shout out on the show and our eternal gratitude. So make sure you go do that. Uh, does anyone have any final thoughts? Nope. Mm-mm. Okay. And, uh, one last thing in case I forgot to mention it earlier. If there's a case that you want to hear on the show, send that to our email, speaking of missing persons at gmail.com. We appreciate that, you know, case suggestions, feedback, all that. We love it. So I guess that all said, we will see y'all back next week. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Bye.